Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life that you'd like prayer for or you'd like some biblical advice on. That's why we're here is to take those questions. The whole vision behind this program is to give you a forum and an opportunity to do that. And so that's what we're here to do. Give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. We want to welcome those of you who are listening in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM. You're here in this program live. And we also want to greet those of you listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Welcome to the program. Also want to greet those who are listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and into parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Welcome. Just a reminder that those of you listening on the East Coast and in the area around Tennessee, Appalachia area, you are hearing the program on a one-week delay. So just keep that in mind, but we would love for you to call in, and you'll still get to call in, be part of the conversation, and then you guys have a unique opportunity where you can tune in the following week and you can hear yourself on the radio, maybe tell some friends and things like that. Um, But good to remember that you're hearing the show on a one-week delay. We also want to give a big hello to everyone who listens online, on the app or on the website. Just a reminder, if you don't have that app yet, definitely go get it. The Grace FM app, it's free to you, and uh, you can download that. Just go to your app store, type in Grace FM. You can put that on your phone or on your tablet, and then you can tune in and listen uh, anywhere in the world, and you can hear this program live there as well. So um, we'd love for you to do that. You can also go in your browser, gracefm.com, anytime, and you can tune in there as well. Again, give us a call. This is a show where you can call in with your prayer requests. Uh, You can text us with those prayer requests and those questions from the Bible. That's what we're here to do. Maybe you've been reading your Bible and some interesting questions have come up, some things you're not sure about or something that intrigues you. We'd love to discuss that with you. And we'd love to pray for you if you have a prayer request. The number to call is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Or text us 720-336-3000. 0897. Just a few words about myself. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. We're a Calvary Chapel affiliated church, and we love the Word of God. We love to worship God. We love to participate in the mission of God, and uh, we would love it if you are in the Longmont area. If you'd come and visit us, you can check us out online at whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. And I'm your host here on uh, Calvary Live every Friday. Obviously, today's not Friday. Today's Wednesday. I am filling in today for Pastor Ed Taylor, who's usually here on Wednesdays. 
and I believe I'll be filling in tomorrow as well. And then I'll be with you on Friday, which is kind of cool because I have been out of town for the last couple Fridays when I would have hosted the show. And so it's kind of nice to be able to get back in here and maybe get caught up on some of the shows that I've missed and time that I've missed away from you, our listeners. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, today, you know, obviously unprecedented times that we're living in right now. We are living in a time where we're dealing with this threat from the coronavirus. And, um, you know, I think this is a time in history where in the future, you know, future generations will write about this. This is, we're living history right now. Future generations are going to write about this virus and how we responded to it. And so there's a real sense in which we are writing history right now. And I would say that as Christians, we are uniquely equipped to respond to this situation and to respond to it well. And I think there are two key ways that we need to respond to this situation as Christians. And the first is with faith, and the second is with love. You know, faith, hope, and love, right? The, the three greatest things. And the greatest of these is love, right? But here, here's the perspective on faith. You know, we, we don't panic. We don't uh, freak out. Why? Because we know that we have a home in heaven that is waiting for us if we have put our faith in Jesus. Now, if you haven't put your faith in Jesus and you're listening to this program, well, maybe you, maybe you need to worry. Maybe you need to panic a little bit in the sense of now is the time. And the, the right response in that way is to say, hey, now is the time for you to get right with God. Because none of us knows how much time we have left. And there is no promise of tomorrow. And look, if it's not this virus, it is going to be something else. If you look back in history, with the exception of like three people, everybody has died. And you and me are going to die physically as well one day too. And usually, uh, you know, that might be something that you're counting on, that you can, you know, put in your calendar. Okay, well, I've got this many years left. But so many times it's not. Um, you know, whether it's a disease, whether it's a car accident, who knows what it is. And I do not mean to be morbid at all. Nor do I mean to be fear-mongering, but I, I mean to be a realist. Ten out of ten people die, and we need to take the opportunity, as we have it today, to get right with the Lord. And if you haven't done that, or you're not sure that you've done that, I, I really encourage you to do that. And you can do it very simply, by praying a simple prayer, where you say, God, I thank you for your grace towards me. I thank you for what Jesus did for me and I embrace it and believe it. I embrace by faith that what Jesus did for me was enough to pay the price for my sins and reconcile me to you. So I receive that grace and I commit myself. I give myself to you, God, because you gave yourself in Christ for me. And that begins that prayer that you pray, that begins a journey, a whole new journey for your life that is going to set a new trajectory, a new course. And I'll tell you this, it doesn't only, it's not only a ticket to heaven, it is the doorway into relationship with God that leads to fullness of life here and now and for the rest of eternity. So if you haven't done that, I really encourage you to do it today. Don't wait another day. Now, if you have done that though, you have assurance, you have confidence, you have security in Christ. And so we don't fear things that can take our life. Jesus said this, right? He said, we don't fear the one who can destroy the body only. No, we fear the one, meaning fear in the right sense of not being scared of something, but being respectful and honoring of the one who can destroy both the body and the soul in Hades. 
And so, you know, another another really important thought on this is what Paul says to the Philippians. He says, hey, look, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so while we're facing this, I would say as Christians, we don't fear this. In fact, I don't even fear contracting this. For example, I'm a, you know, in my mid thirties and I'm healthy, so I'm not really afraid of contracting this. I'm not in that high risk group, but I would say that we should be concerned about spreading this. I think that's really important because one of our callings from God, and we see this a lot through the old Testament as well as in the new Testament is that one of our callings from God is to care for the vulnerable. God cares for the vulnerable. And as the people of God, we should care for the vulnerable too. In fact, a big theme of the Old Testament prophets is that the people of God were not caring about the needs of the vulnerable, and uh, therefore God was very much upset with them. And the point is this, to be the people of God means that we care about the things God cares about. And I would say in our present situation, those who are vulnerable are those who are immune compromised, those who are elderly. And so one of the ways that we can love them is uh, it's not an act of fear, it's an act of love to do our part to flatten the curve, so to say. So um, there's just some thoughts on that. So let's lead the way as Christians with faith and with love in our response to this coronavirus situation. And um, we would love to hear from you. We've got two open lines right now, 303-690-3000 or text us 720-336-0897. Let's go to our first caller, Joe in Philadelphia. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the program. Hi, uh, thanks for having me. Um, my question is, how far can we go interpreting the Old Testament in the sense that uh, when, when God talks to Israel, the, the nation of Israel, is that symbolic uh, for the individual New Testament Gentile believer? How far can we take interpreting those scriptures as uh, promises for us? And uh, there's a reason why I'm asking that as a follow-up if we have time, but is when I know how far can we go interpreting interpreting the Old Testament promises when God's talking to Israel for us. Yeah. Not so much the church, but for us. For us as individuals. Well, I, I would actually tell you that I would have more um, I would have more hesitancy applying these things to us as individuals than I would applying them to the church. And let me explain what I mean by that. Now I am not a What's, so, what's called replacement theology adherent, okay? So replacement theology is basically the idea that uh, the church has replaced Israel in God's plan. Now, I think it's very clear from Romans 9 through 11 that uh, is, when God speaks about Israel, he's actually talking about Israel. But it's really important that we remember what it says in, in Romans 11, that not everyone who is descended from Abraham is Israel, right? So he's talking about the true Israel, which is the Israel of faith. Now, this is, you know, it's a little bit um, difficult to sometimes find that line. Okay, well, wait a second. So if the Israel of faith is really Israel, then how does that mean that we, you know, Paul even refers to the church in Galatians as the Israel of God. So there is a little bit of crossover, but... I would say, especially the prophetic promises, we're, we're going to believe that, especially based on Romans 9 through 11, that when God's talking about Israel, he's still talking about the nation of Israel, as he says that, Paul says, has God rejected his people Israel or cast them off? And he says, by no means. You know, but we as Gentiles, we get to be grafted into the branch, which is Israel. So, uh, or the root or the stalk there. 
which is Israel, we get to be branched into that. Now, what does that mean? Well, it's the people of God, okay? So there are a lot of promises in the ways that God deals with his people, that he deals with us as his people who are grafted in to his original, right, stock, um, that he deals with us in much the same way. So just as he is faithful to Israel, his people, he will be faithful to us, his people who have been grafted in. Um, just as he you know, has these attributes and promises towards them, he will have those towards us as well. So I'd say when it comes to attributes and those sorts of things, we can absolutely say that they are applicable to us. Now here's why I say I'm more hesitant to apply them to individual believers than I am to the church. Because I think that especially, you know, look, we live in the most, uh, here in the, the West, in the United States, and in the West as a kind of term for, you know, uh, part of the world in a certain cultural aspect of the world. We live in the most individualistic society that has maybe ever existed in the history of the world. And there is a sense in which um, there can be this idea that, hey, my relationship with God is just between me and him. You know, it's a personal relationship with God. Now, on one hand, I believe that's true. On another hand, I think that that is not exactly what the Bible teaches, uh, taken to its extreme, which I do think in some cases in modern evangelical thinking, it's taken to an extreme, where you are saying my personal relationship with God to the detriment of the idea of um, the fact that, look, my relationship with God is not just between me and God. I'm become to become a Christian is to become part of the people of God. There's a really, really good quote, and I'm going to look for it real quick for you, um, from Sinclair Ferguson, where he says essentially this, you know, that when you become a Christian, it's not just like you um, do something and then you join the church as a support group, but rather we become a Christian. To become a Christian is to become part of the people of God. And so... Um, that's why I would say let's let's avoid talking in terms of, you know, individual like me. Do the promises of God apply to me as an individual? Let's say, do they belong to me as part of the people of God instead? So I hope that answers your question. But what was your follow up question? Yeah, because uh, I was uh, I was looking for um, a scriptural backing for the purpose of a believer. And um, a lot of I've been taught and, and remember that. A lot of people I look up to say that we're created for the glory of God, for His glory, to give Him glory. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was looking for hard-line, definitive scriptures that can back that up. And I see that in Isaiah 43, where He says, "You are mine. You have created for you for my glory." I think it's 40, Isaiah 43:7. And I'm wondering, I just don't want to kind of uh, uh, take that Old Testament scripture out of context and say that it's oh, it's for us too. I just want to be very careful of that that when I'm backing up that claim that if we are created for God's glory, I'm trying to look for New Testament backing as well, not just Old Testament um, uh, uh, interpretations. So I was, I was curious, could that be a source scripture for a New Testament believer that says, hey, you know, we're not created to have health, wealth, and happiness like the prosperity gospels, but we're created for His glory and as a primary thing. So I wanted to know, am I in good ground for making that claim uh, for a New Testament believer. Yeah, absolutely. I think you are. And I think it's the same sense of like, look, the Bible is the story of God's work of redemption. And he does that work through a people. 
Now those people were Israel, right? They're the stock, I guess you could say. Then we get grafted in. So do we belong to that same uh, family, that same people? Yeah, through Christ we do. That's the whole point of uh, Romans 9 through 11. And I will tell you there are there are New Testament examples. I'm, I'm sure that if I did more digging, I could find you some more. But here are just a few thoughts. Um, like in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, it Jesus tells his disciples this, that they are, they are salt and they are light. They are a city on a hill which light is meant to be shown. By the way, the, the idea of light uh, is very much tied to the idea of glory, right? Glory and light are, are very much complementary or kind of um, correlated terms. But here's one thing he says in Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine among men that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father in heaven. So Jesus is giving them a commission, and that commission is to bring glory to the Father as the people of God. Okay, then in uh, 1 Corinthians 10.31, he says, Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything to the glory of God. And so I'm sure that there are more Bible verses, and maybe some of our listeners can text us in with those and that kind of thing. But um, but I, I absolutely think that there, that does apply to us as believers today. Thank you so much. You bet. And if you got time, I'll read you that quick quote from uh, Sinclair Ferguson. Here's what he says. We are not saved individually and then choose to join the church as if it were some sort of club or support group. But Christ died for his people, and we are saved when by faith we become part of the people for whom Christ died. So anyway, I uh, I love that quote, and I'm glad to have an opportunity to share it with people. So thanks mm-hmm. for your Thank call. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. Three open lines. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. So, um, I wanted to tell you guys about some big news about our church. I wanted to take that caller first, but hey, some big news for our church here in Longmont. Uh, you can rejoice with us, but um, the big news is that our church is moving. We are moving to a great location out on the east side of Longmont. So for the past 13 years, our church has been meeting in downtown Longmont in the St. Vrain Memorial Building, but as of Monday... Our church moved into a new location, uh, which is 2950 Colorful Avenue, also in Longmont, uh, but kind of on the eastern edge near County Line Road and Highway 119. So it's a great location because it's really close still to the city of Longmont. I mean, it's in the city. Um, it's, it's a little bit on the outskirts of the city, but it's closer to the communities of Mead, Frederick, Firestone, Decono, Erie, Lafayette, and Berthoud while still being in Longmont. In fact, we have some people who come to our church from the city of Boulder, and for them it would be just about the same drive. Uh, So it's really just because it's right on Highway 119, um, we are really in a great location for a lot of our church family who commutes in from the suburbs of Longmont and the Frederick Firestone, Decono area, Mead, and those kinds of places. So we do not know when our grand opening will be. It was scheduled for March 29th. But as you know, um, with the regulations right now, regulating gatherings of now it's uh, 10 people or more. But with these regulations, our 
opening of our church in our new facility is postponed for the time being. We're really hoping we can do Easter in there. Uh, we had big plans. We were going to go to two services uh, on Easter and then from there on out. But everything is on hold right now, as I'm sure it is with all of your churches. And, um, you know, that's that's just the reality we have to deal with. It's kind of a disappointment for us and that we had all this uh, excitement and momentum. But yet, again, like I was saying earlier, for the sake of those who are immune compromised, for the sake of those who are elderly, we do not want to spread any kind of virus. So we are uh, holding off on that. But we're really excited and we would love for you to join us there in that new location when you are able to. It's going to be closer for, for basically anybody who commutes, no matter where you're commuting from. We've been in the city of Longmont, uh, right downtown, for so many years, which has been really good, but we have definitely outgrown that facility that we're in. Uh, it was a setup, teardown type thing where we could have a lot of people in the main service, but we ran out of space for our kids. We had our middle school class was meeting in a hallway, and um, you know, it was difficult to do a lot of hospitality things that we wanted to do. These are all good problems. You know, it was a great place to start a church and grow a church for a time. And now we're really glad that God has opened up for us this new opportunity in this building um, at 2950 Colorful Avenue. And this is a, a great, it's like a big uh, step up for us. So this is, you know, we're going from about 7,000 or 8,000 square feet all the way up to 24,000 square feet in this new building. It's going to be a place where we can have a dedicated youth room. We have a dedicated place for a lot of different things. And we are going to be able to have a, how, a home for our Bible Learning Center. So we've, we've had a school of ministry, but we're developing it and changing it. We have a staff member right now on staff whose job is to um, develop our school of ministry into what we eventually hope it will become, which is a Bible college for what we, we like to call it this, a Bible college for people who don't have time to go to Bible college, meaning it'll be like community college meets Bible college. And our goal with that is that it would serve really not just Longmont, but really the Northern Front Range. And so that's something you can um, keep listening for more for. Our plan has been to open our Bible Learning Center in August or September of 2020. But of course, that, that might be pushed back depending on how things go with the response to the coronavirus. But do be praying for us and check us out online. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff, as many of your churches are, to respond to the new situation with coronavirus, meaning we'll be live streaming our services. Hopefully we can get our video system set up in the new church building really soon so that we can actually be live streaming from inside the building using the video system that's there um, as opposed to having to work out other solutions. But we're really excited and we'd love it if you'd pray for us as we take this new venture of faith. Uh, it is a bit of a stretch for us financially. Of course, we're going from a little to a lot and we are um, just really excited for what the Lord has and we would love it if you would pray for our church and if you'd come visit us. And uh, when we do our grand opening, you know, we're going to have some of the local pastors here, Calvary Chapel pastors, including Pastor Ed and some of the other guys um, involved in that grand opening, and we'd love for you to be a part of it as well. So check us out again online, whitefieldschurch.com. And when we do have our grand opening, we'd love for you to be there at 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, Colorado. Let's go to our next caller, Michelle in Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the program. Oh, hello. Hi. Good evening. How are you doing? 
Doing great. What's up? Um, um, Patrick, um, Bree, uh, Pastor Bree, Katie. Yes. Is Katie, Pastor Katie? Yes. How you doing? Hi. I'm doing great. I haven't called in a long time, but I'm calling because I'm really, you know, going through some stuff because of this, the situation that's going on. Okay. And um, I had appointments, and I had to cancel them right away because I'm, I'm up to see doctors to see what's going on with my arm, my left arm, and my shoulder, and that um, I was reading Psalms 91, that I need prayer, that um, God's word say, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Mm-hmm. And that in uh, Psalms 91, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any prey come nigh thy dwelling. And I got mm-hmm. the names by there, my children names. Byron, Martia, Martia, India, I, and I, and myself. And, um, and then Psalms 121, the Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and forevermore. I've been yeah, pressing myself to go through these appointments, and it's been really hard on me at times. But, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't mind staying in the house, but I just more like, I'm content with what I have, but God has supplied all my needs. But can you pray for me that God can give God the doctor's wisdom on what to do about my um, torn rollers cuff in my left shoulder and the pain in my legs and my body be waking up with pain in the nighttime? Yeah, absolutely. Let's pray for you. Let's do that. Heavenly Father, we pray for Michelle, and we thank you, Lord, that... Um, you comfort her with your word. Thank you for these psalms, Lord, that you have brought to her mind and to her attention, Lord. You've brought before her eyes. And, Lord, thank you that she shares these with us because these are truly comforting in times that we're going through. And, Lord, we tr- we pray that this would be absolutely true uh, for her and for those in her community and our communities, Lord, that you would keep us, that you would keep our going out and our coming in from this time forward and forevermore. Lord, we pray that you would guard us, that no plague would come near us. And, Lord, we pray, especially for Michelle, Lord, as, um, she's got appointments to go to. She's got other issues going on medically that she needs help with. Lord, give her wisdom as to whether or not to postpone these appointments. Lord, give her doctors wisdom with how to help her during this time. And, Lord, we pray that you would be with her. We pray that you would relieve her pain that she's dealing with and her discomfort. And, Lord, that you would bless her. We pray that you'd be with her during this time that she's at home. Lord, that she would have fellowship with you and fellowship with other people who are going to encourage her in you. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. God bless you, Michelle. Thanks for calling in. You're welcome. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We are coming up on our two-minute break here in just a minute. Um, but we have a few text messages that I'll go to. I'll give you the number to call so you can call in on the other side of our break. The number is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. If you call in during the break, we'll get you on right after we come back. In the meantime, let's go to our text messages. We have someone who says, Hi, Pastor. I want to thank you for my prayer for your prayers. My second mammogram came back clear, and thank God there is no sign of recurrence. 
I'd like to start a prayer chain for those impacted by COVID-19, that we all seek God for his guidance through that. Let's pray for those things right now before our break. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this dear sister who's writing in. Thank you, Lord, that the mammogram has come back clear and there's no sign of recurrence. We just praise you for that, Lord. Thank you for every day that you give us. It's a gift. Lord, may we use it in that sense. May we use it knowing that uh, nothing's guaranteed and the time that you have us here on earth, you have us here for a purpose. Lord, I, I do want to join in with this desire and this request to start a prayer chain for those impacted by the coronavirus. Lord, we, we pray for that. We pray for those in Colorado who are impacted. Pray for their families. Lord, we pray for those who are at risk right now. We pray, Lord, for your protection and your healing in Jesus' name. Amen. We will be right back after this two-minute break. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. Text us, 720-336-0897. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon and welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We are facing kind of an unprecedented situation with this coronavirus, and we would love to pray for you who are struggling with fear or with concerns. And if you have other questions related to the Bible or other prayer requests, we want to hear from you and pray for those as well. Give us a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Talia in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Talia. Welcome to the program. Hi, how are you, Pastor? Doing, doing well. Okay. Um, first, I have a question. Um, you know, the Bible says, of course, we are to never, never, you know, give up. Um, okay. And so I, my question, well, okay. I'm actually calling for prayer for someone that has uh, just been diagnosed with um, cancer, pancreatic okay. cancer. And she knows the Lord. She knows, but right now, you know, she is the only one, too, that is actually saved in her family. Mm -hmm. And she has lost, like, all hope, all sense of everything. Like she says, I'm I'm hopeless right now. I'm depressed. I am confused. Mm. And so I'm, you know, I try to comfort her and talk to her. Um, about the Bible and, you know, never, ever giving up, you know, doing what the Bible says or whatever. But what do I say to her when she is so hopeless and in such despair that she's even um, talked about committing suicide because she just doesn't want to go through uh, having pancreatic cancer and she's just like, you know, She's like, how do I, you know, how do I even get here? I'm so confused. And so, um, yeah. So how do I pray for her? Yeah, well, I mean, I would definitely pray for those specific areas, you know, that she would be encouraged, that she would have faith. But, you know, what I would really encourage her with, and maybe something you can do together with her, I think this would be a good exercise that you could actually do together with her, is um, go through the Psalms. You know, read the Psalms. And uh, I was just recently spending some time with a friend of mine. And we were talking about the topic of prayer. 
and he told me that something has really um, really revolutionized his prayer life, and that is praying the Psalms. And the reason, you know, he recently went through a, a period of depression. He's a pastor, and he actually had to take some time off from being a pastor because of this depression he was going through. And he said that, you know, what's been revolutionary for him is praying the Psalms. And the reason is because the Psalms include the full range of human emotion and responses to those emotions. And it's interesting that in the Psalms, God essentially gives the Psalm writer, usually David, he gives him the freedom to express his emotions without shutting him down, without making him be quiet, you know, without telling him to knock it off. And yet David also in those ways, as he's expressing those feelings, and they're not always good feelings, they're not always correct feelings, but he, they are truly how he feels. And then we learn from the Psalms not to stay in those emotions. And we learn how to not stay in those emotions. So for example, you know, he'll say in like Psalm 103, he'll say, you know, remember the Lord's benefits, forget not his benefits. And then he'll list the benefits of the Lord one by one, right? He forgives your sins. He heals your diseases. And he goes through this list. And then he ends with this great emphatic, praise the Lord. And there are other times, right? Where he says he speaks to his own soul. You know, this is a form of like truly biblical, spiritual, healthy self-talk where he's saying, why are you cast down on my soul? You know, remember the Lord and he'll do he'll talk to himself in these Psalms. But, you know, he'll say, you know, I just want to kick, kick in the teeth of the evildoers. I want to, you know, why is it that evildoers succeed? Why don't I ever succeed? He, he's fully expressing how he feels and yet then dealing with it in a way that's healthy and right. And I want to just encourage you that um, I would encourage you go through the Psalms and pray through the Psalms with your friend. And I think that the more you do that in community with her, that is one of the biggest gifts you could possibly give her. Because the last thing somebody who is depressed and um, feeling in despair needs is to be alone. Even though sometimes that's our response, right, to sadness and disappointment yeah. is that we isolate. But you as a friend are going to go in and you're going to say, hey, rather than being alone, I'm not going to come in here and just tell you what to do. But I'm going to come in here and we're going to pray through the Psalms together. And the way you do that, by the way, is you read some of the passages and then you respond to those passages in prayer. You know, whether it's saying, yes, Lord, this is something that you that I need to learn and put into practice. Or maybe it's something where you just say, thank you, Lord, that this is true. But I think that that would be hugely beneficial for her because, you know what? All of those psalms, they deal with the range of Im human emotions, but then they point to the hope that we have in God, our Savior. So um, I hope that that would help, but let's definitely pray for your friend as well. I just encourage you, um, be there for her, support her during this time, listen to her, and um, and just be that voice that keeps pointing her to the truth, which I'm guessing she knows in theory is true. But right yeah. now, she's, she's uh, struggling to believe it in practice. Yeah. So let's pray for your friend. Heavenly Father, okay. thank you for Talia. I thank you that you put her in the life of this dear friend of hers, Lord. And I thank you that she's in her life for such a time as this. Lord, this is really true Christian ministry, what she's called to right now. Lord, I pray you give her a lot of wisdom. I pray you give her life-giving and encouraging words. And the right words for the right time. 
um, that would really speak to her friend and encourage her. And Lord, I pray that you would comfort this friend of hers as she's going through this. Help her to see, Lord, that with every day that she has here on earth, you have a purpose for her in it. And Lord, that, that even her suffering is not wasted and it's not in vain. And Lord, I pray that this friend's family members, as they see her respond in faith, as they see her not lose hope, Lord, I pray that they would be drawn to you and that you would use even this for good and for your glory, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Pastor. You bet, Talia. God bless you. God bless right. you. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Kristen in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Hi, Kristen. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Thank you very much. Um, I'm calling because I, I would really like to ask for a prayer for my mom, who is over the age of 65, and she has COPD. Mm. Um, she's actually been in the hospital several times this past year. Mm. And um, I've, I've been praying for her, of course, and she's not a believer. So um, that's my main, you know, first concern. But um, yeah. I've been pr- praying uh, Psalm 91 a lot. Mm. You know, I will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day. I will not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness nor the disaster that strikes at midday. And um, so I'm just standing on God's promises and God's Word. But I, I really would like some prayer for her, um, if you wouldn't mind. And then secondly, um, I work in the healthcare business um, industry, and i just like some prayers for um, healthcare workers, doctors, nurses. I'm a nurse's aide. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're all—our <laughs> jobs don't get canceled <laughs> when, right. when there's a pandemic or whatever. We're just—we're still working with sick people. And, um, and you know, like I said, I'm just standing on God's promises, and I trust Jesus. And um, yeah. But, you know, it'd be nice uh, to have a prayer for all the, the doctors, nurses, and, and other healthcare workers in, at this Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Uh, would... Hey, we're so thankful for you guys, by the way. I just want, I want to say that on behalf of all of our listeners. We're so thankful for you. Uh, we know it takes courage for you to show up for work at a time like this. And, um, hey, you guys are heroes, and we're so thankful for you. And not, I have some medical, you know, healthcare workers in our church, and I just want, I just always encourage them, hey, you are doing the work of God. And there's, that is no more true any other time than especially right now, right? You're doing the work of God, and we're so thankful for you. So let's pray for your mom and for healthcare workers. Heavenly Father, we pray for Kristen and her mom. Lord, her mom is suffering with COPD, puts her at huge risk right now. Lord, we pray that you would keep her healthy, that you would protect her from coming in contact with this virus, just protect her. Um, Lord, pray that you would even strengthen her immune system and her ability to be healthy at this time. And Lord, we do pray that you protect her, keep her safe. We pray, Lord, that you would use even this and the threat of death, which is... um, you know, if it doesn't happen now, it's going to happen at some point. And Lord, we pray that this, this would be something where as we face mortality, Lord, that it would cause us to, to turn to you and receive the life that is truly life, the, etern- the promise of eternal life. And whatever walls, whatever barriers are there in Kristen's mom's heart and mind, Lord, we pray that you would just break those down. And Lord, that she would be open to the gospel. Lord, I pray for Kristen and her fellow healthcare workers, uh, both there in Pennsylvania and around our country and around the world. Lord, these are people who are doing your work as they serve us and love their neighbors at a time um, which is very difficult. Lord, please give them courage. 
please give them um, Lord protection divine protection over them as they go to work and as they're even dealing with people who are infected and we pray Lord you'd protect them and continue to use them for our good and for your glory and we pray that in Jesus name amen thank you so much appreciate that Kristen God bless you thanks for calling in thank you keep doing the good work that you do thank you so much bye-bye you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We have two open lines right now. The number to call is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Again, this is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or with your prayer requests. We'd love to pray for you and pray with you, and we'd love to answer those questions you have. Let's go to Crystal in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Crystal. Welcome to the program. Hi, Crystal. Well, I can tell you, I might have lost Crystal, but I can tell you what her prayer request was. Crystal says she's been accepted to two pharmacy schools, and she wants prayer for wisdom in which one she should go. So let's, uh, let's pray for Crystal. And then we've got another caller after her. So, Heavenly Father, we pray for Crystal. I thank you that, uh, Lord, she's pursuing the this this field where she's going to be able to help people through medicine. And, Lord, I pray that you give her a lot of wisdom. Which school is going to be best for her as far as her career? Which one is the one that you would prefer her to go to as far as where you want her to go in life? Lord, we believe that there will be relationships that, that will be present at those different schools. There will be opportunities that you open up to her. But I pray you give her confidence that she wouldn't end up in kind of an analysis paralysis type thing where she says, you know, which one should I go to? I don't know. And so she's stuck. Lord, I pray you give her confidence and clarity as to which one she should go to and that she'd be able to walk in faith as she takes that step forward of choosing one. So we pray for Crystal and pray just bless her and give her clarity and wisdom in which school to go to. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or your prayer requests. We'd love to hear from you and pray for you and hopefully answer your questions. The number to call is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Again, the text line is 720-336-0897. Nine seven. Looks like we had a healthcare worker who called and didn't want to be on the air, but she said that um, she asked that we please mention over-the-phone medical screenings for COVID-19 are available, and that minimizes the risk of actually going outside into crowded hospitals, ER, urgent care centers, etc. So we encourage you to do that. Um, if you are having a fever or anything like that, Definitely take advantage of these over-the-phone or internet screenings that are available, so that uh, you know you're minimizing either spreading it or getting infected by going in. That would be really great. Let's uh, see here. We got no more, no more um, prayer requests coming in over the call-in line, but we've got plenty of text messages. So. Uh, We've got all open lines if anyone wants to call in with prayer requests or questions about the Bible. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's go over to our text line real quick and answer some of these questions. One person asked this, is it possible for the Antichrist to be a woman? Is the Bible really specific that it is a man? Well, I'll tell you this. um, There 
the Paul's letters to the Thessalonians in his 2 Thessalonians, he calls the Antichrist the man of lawlessness. So I am assuming that by man of lawlessness, he actually means like a physical male. So that would be my inclination is to take it at face value and say the Antichrist is therefore a man, not a woman. So hope that answers your question there. Let's go to our next question. Bill from Cheyenne says, Thank you for your ministry. I want to remind my brothers and sisters in Christ that there are many who don't have faith or their faith is not as strong as ours. So please remember to be patient with them and remember what it is like to be fearful. Hey, that's a great point, Bill. And um, you know, it reminds me of a Bible verse that I have grown to really appreciate over the years. And that is in the book of Jude. And I'm going to find it for you real quick. I believe it's towards the end of the chapter. But it says, have patience. Oh, I'm sorry. Have mercy on those who doubt. Okay, so it's Jude, which only has one chapter. So Jude 1, verse 22. You know, Jude's giving kind of some exhortations. It's, his section is called a call to perseverance. So we're called to persevere in faith. But he says this. This is important. He says, have mercy on those who doubt. In other words, Hey, let's have patience. And he says, save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others, show mercy with fear, hating even garments stained by the flesh. In other words, so let's be serious about holiness. Let's be serious about evangelism because the destiny of people's souls matters. But let's have mercy on those who doubt. Now, what does that mean? Well, again, one of my favorite passages that I think um, at least I won't I won't speak for everybody, but I'll say for myself it's something I overlooked for so many years as I was reading through the Gospels. You know, if you get to the end of the Gospel of Matthew and we get to this point, right, where Jesus has resurrected and he's preparing to um, go and be, you know, ascend into heaven. So in Matthew 28, you know, we see Jesus' resurrection. He appears to his, you know, Mary Magdalene, then the other disciples as well. And the guards, you know, try to say, oh, well, he didn't really rise from the dead. And then it says that he later gathered with the 11 disciples, right? That's 12 minus Judas Iscariot. He gathers with the 11 disciples in Galilee. And then it says that they mentioned um, that it says that he was talking with them. And of course, this is where Jesus gives his great commission here at the end of Matthew 28. But in between the resurrection and the ascension, right? And, and this great commission where Jesus says, you know, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. There's this small verse that's in verse 17 that says this. When they saw him, meaning they saw him resurrected, they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And I find that so intriguing. Here they are standing there looking at the resurrected Jesus. You know, Thomas touches him, puts his hand in his wounds. And so we say, oh, Thomas, you know, he doubted. He had to see in order to believe. But here we see some of them saw and they still doubted. And yet they worshiped in spite of their doubts. And I think that's really important. This idea like let's be merciful. Let's be patient with those who have doubts. Let's remember that even the disciples had doubts even as they worshiped and i think that in many ways that's what it means to be a christian sometimes that's what it means it's part of having faith is that there are sometimes moments when we struggle with faith when we struggle with fear 
as Bill's mentioning. Let's be patient with those of us who have fear and let's help people work through their fears in faith and help them grow in those areas. So good word, Bill, and it definitely aligns with what we see in God's word. Hey, if you are out there and you're struggling with fear, um, we just want to encourage you that in Jesus, you don't have to be afraid. One of my favorite verses on this subject comes from Paul's letter, or I'm sorry, not Paul's letter. It's a letter to the Hebrews. And it says this, that Jesus was God in the flesh and he died in the flesh so that we who are flesh and blood may be set free from the fear of death, that we will no longer have to live anymore in the bondage to the fear of death. That's what Jesus' death means for us, that we don't have to fear anymore because we have an eternal home waiting for us in the heavens. So thanks, Bill, for that. Let's go back to our call in line. We've got Richard in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Richard. Welcome to the program. Hello. Hi. Hey, I'm Richard. I'm calling you uh, for prayer. That I need prayer requests okay. for uh, my ha new house at the building in Colorado Springs for me. I had to lower my house uh, twenty thousand dollars in order to try and get it sold by the April tenth or the closing. Mm -hmm. I just need prayer. Okay. I'm not in fear, but I have faith. Yeah. And I'm a health worker. I work in the operating rooms. Mm. Okay. Well, let's pray for prayer. your house. Yeah, absolutely. Your house and your protection in those operating rooms. Heavenly Father, we pray for Richard. Thank you, Lord, that um, he's able to get this new house. But um, this is a difficult and confusing time we live in right now. And uh, Lord, I pray you give him patience and faith and lord i pray that this this everything being on hold right now with his new house lord that this wouldn't cause any problems um, with him getting into it but i pray for those uh, also in the same vein who are being affected financially by what's going on with the shutdown and with the virus prevention measures so we pray for richard give him patience lord we pray that this thing with his house would work out and that it wouldn't cause him to lose money or be delayed and Lord, I also want to pray for him that you'd protect him as a healthcare worker as he's in there doing your work and serving people. Lord, would you protect him from this virus and from other illnesses as well? We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, sir. God bless you, Richard. Thank you for calling in. Yeah, and I want to, um, because that's going to be my retirement present and my birthday present at the same time. Okay. So it's a big okay, deal. Well, when you when you get in there, please give us a call and let us know so we can rejoice with you. Okay, bye. All right, bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air. We've got about eight minutes left in the show, which means we've probably got time for at least one more call. So give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. seen a message here today that said that as of 10 a.m. today, the president said the Department of Housing and Urban Development will suspend foreclosures and evictions through April. That's really good news because uh, even some people in our church here in Longmont have already lost their jobs due to businesses shutting down because of the uh, restrictions on gatherings so people who work in the tourism industries people who work in the food service industries are really being affected by this right now so let's be
praying for them as they, uh, you know, we look at this as a, you know, it's going to hit our economy really hard. But let's remember that behind that economy are, you know, millions of people with jobs as well. So let's be praying for those people that God would provide for them during this time and also that um, that this would be over soon and that we'd be able to get back to work and life as well. Let's go back to our text messages. And uh, we have one person, w- earlier we were talking about this idea of are we, call, are we called to be a people for God's glory? And it says in the Old Testament that the people of God were called to be a people for his glory. But does the New Testament teach that? We listed a couple verses. I asked callers to call in with a few other suggestions or text in. And somebody texted in with Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, which I'll read for you now. Ephesians 2, 10 says this. It says, we are his workmanship. I mean, God's workmanship, that idea of workmanship means that we are his work of art, right? His poem, poema. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And that idea of good works there ties back in with Matthew 5.16, which talks about how our good works serve to bring glory to God um, if we use them for that purpose, right? So sometimes we use our good works to bring glory to us, but we're called to bring glory to God. And we're told here in Ephesians that this is exactly, we were created for God's glory and we were um, redeemed also for God's glory, that we would live for it and walk in that. So thank you for texting that verse in. Much appreciated. Uh, We have another texter who says, Hi, Pastor, I'm from New Jersey, right in the heart of a pretty big virus surge, not far from Manhattan. Things are pretty much all shutting down here. I'm dealing with a lot of worry with this whole coronavirus outbreak as I am a young man but have underlying immune issues, trying to focus the best on God. Any area of scripture that I can focus on or any books that you can recommend? Well, I don't know about books. I'm sure there are many out there dealing with the subject of fear. The Bible certainly has a lot to say about fear, anxiety, worry. I can give you a couple and just talk you through some of those Bible verses, but I'm sure there are there's a lot more because this is a huge topic that the Bible deals with. So Psalm 27, you know, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Isaiah 40, 41 says, I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. In 1 Peter 5, 7, this is a personal favorite of mine because I just taught on 1 Peter. And I would say 1 Peter and 2 Peter, especially read in context of when they were written and the historical setting they were written in, are some of the best texts in the Bible to deal with the issue of fear and uncertainty and anxiety like the situation we're in right now. Um, but here's what 1 Peter 5, 7 says. It says, cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And so we want to do that. You know, I think about Philippians, you know, chapter four, you know, it says, it says this, so I'll, I'll read it to you. Philippians four, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And as you do that, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So very clear here, we're casting our anxiety. You know, the idea of casting, it's like throwing something, right? Taking something that's in your hands and throwing it out of your hands, getting it out of your hands and getting it onto him. 
And so we're casting our anxiety upon him. And we're not just doing that, but then we're praying and bring our requests to God with thanksgiving for the good things, the blessings we have. And he says, as we do that, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The thing about First Peter that's so important is that, you know, First Peter was written in a time when the Christians were being persecuted. And Peter writes to them about how to live in persecuted times. And I think that applies to us here. You know, the, the persecution for them meant threat of death. And so it, so we, we too live in the shadow of death. How are we to live out our lives in the shadow of death? Well, he says we are to live as sojourners, understanding that this world is not our home. This isn't our final destination. Um, and so, but he says, and yet we don't hold our breath and just wait to get out of here. Rather, what we do is we live on mission with God. And so I'd encourage you, as we are thinking about um, you know, getting through this time, let's also be thinking about how this unique situation we're in right now gives us unique opportunities to serve others in our community. Maybe there are elderly people who need grocery shopping done. Maybe there are people in your community who need toilet paper. I know that sounds silly, but that's the reality of where we are at right now. And so I just want to encourage you guys to be praying, seeking the Lord, getting that peace, but not just living with peace, but living lives of service even at this unique time. Hey, you've been listening to Calvary Live. My name is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. And I will be with you again tomorrow here on Calvary Live. God bless you and have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.